Welcome to a somewhat small milestone, episode 10 of Show and Tell. This is my small adventure uh, in highlighting the creators and contributors to the uh, Magic of the Gathering community. Uh, today, I'm thrilled to be joined by uh, Veronica Ron, a girl named Ron, uh, streamer, uh, commander player, corn aficionado. Uh, thank you for coming on today, Ron. Uh, pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad to be a part of your milestone episode. I mean, that means that means a lot. Uh, I'm very stoked to have you on. Uh, so, uh, I always say, which is really silly and not super clever, but the best place is always to start at the beginning. So, uh, talk to me about uh, what got you into Magic. When did you start playing, and what kind of got you to start playing? Well, I wanted to start playing several years ago, maybe like eight years ago or so. Um, maybe more, let's see, 2012-ish, 2013, um, I wanted to learn. Mm -hmm. I was, uh, finishing my master's and I had always, I, as I was a student, I was always at Barnes and Noble and I found that to be like, not only a handy place to go and study, but I found it really relaxing. And if I had a particularly stressful work day, I would always go to Barnes and Noble mm -hmm. and kind of decompress. And um, they have a bargain bin this that they put out like several times a year. And they had this big like rectangular box basically of bargain things. And they had Magic the Gathering cards like a like a box set or something. Wow, that's cool. And um, I bought it super cheap. And I knew somebody that um, was in my master's cohort that knew how to play allegedly and told allegedly. me that they would teach me. And, um, they were, they either really didn't know how to play or were a terrible teacher, but either way mm -hmm. I couldn't grasp the concept and we played maybe twice and I just put it down and I had those cards just sitting there. And I think, I mean, the, I, it pains me to say this now, but I think I threw them away oh, no. because I know, Ugh. I know, I think I threw all those cards away because I was like, I'm never going to play this. And I just like junked them. And I I was like, I was moving and I was like, I have to stop holding on to things in case they're valuable. <laughs> I just need to let them go. Like they're just cardboard. They're just paper. I, ha I have to move and I have to like get rid of things. So I think I threw them away because I went to look for them like recently and I just couldn't find them. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I threw them away in the move. Um. But alas, I never touched magic again until um, post-pandemic when the, like, freshly post-pandemic, when the stores, like, started opening back up again mm -hmm. and they started doing events and things. Um, I was like, I want to learn how to play magic. I want to pick it up again. So I went to my LGS, which I went to for other things, for board games and mm -hmm. such. I knew they sold magic cards. Um, so I said, Hey, I really want to learn how to play magic. Like what's a good place to start. And they're like asking me questions that you would ask somebody who knows something about magic and I know nothing about magic. So they're like, what format do you want to play? And I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> what do you mean? What format? format. They're na like naming. They're like, Oh, do you want to play modern legacy popper? I'm like, what are you saying? <laughs> and they're like, okay, I think the best place for you to start is commander. It's really like popular right now. And you can buy a box 
that's already made and you don't have to like build your own. You don't have to buy cards. Like it's kind of, you could just play it out of the box. And I'm like, okay, that sounds like a good place. And they're like, well, what kind of player are you? I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> so they're like, well, do you want to be like destructive? Do you want to be like, you know, political? Do you want to be? And I was like, they tried to describe to me what each color does. And I was like, Ooh, I want to be destructive. So they like gave me like a red blue deck and I didn't like it at all. And I was like, no, I was wrong. This is not the kind of player I am. (laughs) And I ended up loving the Orzov. I learned on Strixhaven, um, the Orzov deck, but I swapped the commander from Brina to Felisa, which is the alternate commander in the deck. Mm -hmm. And I played it as is for months and months, and I had a pretty good win rate with it, and I just really loved it. And my LGS is like, when are you going to improve it? When are you going to make your own decks? When are you going to build upon this? And I'm like, never. It's perfect. I love it. <laughs> and they're like, um, well, you got to play something else sometime. And I'm like, okay, Debatable, you know, maybe but... one day, maybe soon. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, I I started playing Magic around, I learned in like April 2021. Mm -hmm. So I've just been playing about a year and a half now. Wow. And um, I started deck building or building my own decks like probably around August of 2021. First deck I ever built was I, my favorite animal is a narwhal, and okay. I found out that there is a narwhal card, and I was like, I have to build a deck around this card. So I built, like, the jankiest fish-themed, like, every card in the deck has to have water or a water creature or an aquatic something on it. Mm-hmm. So there's, like, not even a soul ring in the deck because it has to have, like, part of the theme yeah. in the deck. No water soul rings. Yeah, so, maybe. I don't know. There's a bunch of new ones in <laughs> I mean, unless I got like a custom art, it just, there wasn't any cards that I, and I, I didn't know any resources like Scryfall or anything like that. So I built it entirely with cards that were gifted to me by folks Mm -hmm. or cards that I had already in my collection. Um, I used Cherix as the commander and it cares about um, the number of islands you have. So I only use basic islands as my lands. Uh Like, I just, it's the most ridiculous deck. And it actually, I I played it recently just to see how bad it was yeah. compared to, like, decks I built now. And it wasn't that bad. And I was like, wow. <laughs> like, considering I went into this completely, like, unknowing how to build a deck, it wasn't that bad. But it's definitely due for an upgrade because I haven't touched it mm-hmm. since I built it way back when. But, um... But it's a janky, fun little deck, and it's always going to, like, live on as the first deck I ever built. You always remember Um, your first. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) That's, um, yeah, that's my first. And my second was was a deck that I had become known for um, for a while because it's so unusual. Mm. Um, But I haven't played it in a while either. So that that one's due for for, uh, some light of day action <laughs> soon because <laughs> it's been a while since i pulled it out yeah. but that one is a uh, traxos it's a colorless deck oh, okay um and the reason i built that was because people were like well now that you play magic what are your favorite colors to play and i'm like well i've only played three of them ever um and i wouldn't say that i've played them the way that they play because i've played a, an orzov precon and a janky fish deck so couldn't even tell you that those you know 
those are my favorite colors. I haven't played all the colors. Mm. So everyone's like, well, you got to pick a color you like. You got to pick a color you like. I'm like, I don't want to. So I'm like, can I build a colorless deck? And my uh, LGS owner was like, yeah. And I was like, I'm going to do that. And then um, I was like, what are the possible legendaries in colorless? And I knew I didn't want to build anything like Eldrazi. Um, I knew I didn't want to build anything too, like, yucky. I wanted to build something kind of unexpected. Yeah. Uh, So I built a Voltron Traxos deck who's already a 7-7 with Trample. Is, so when you add a bunch of other abilities on him, it's, he's just disgusting. Is that the one that only untaps if you play a Historic or Artifact? Yes. Okay, from Dominaria, I think? Yeah. Okay, that's a cool card. So it is all Artifacts. Mm-hmm. It's all colorless. Um, I mean, there are some like instants and sorceries and things like that, but yeah. everything is colors. I have multiple ways to untap him. I have some creatures and some artifacts that allow me to untap things mm. at end step or whatever. So um, it's it's a fun deck and it quickly became a deck that I, excuse me, a deck that I was known for um, because it's so strange and yeah. so unusual. And it was just a lot of fun to play. And it's, I mean, it's not super oppressive because you're limited to colorless spells. Yeah. It's mostly artifacts, you know. But once there's artifact removal, it's like, bye, y'all. See you later. <laughs> you know, like, if there's, like, a lot of artifact removal in a game, I'm like, deuces, I've got nothing here. <laughs> there's even that, was that Void Mirror? It came out in, um, it's like, if you play a colorless spell or something, just immediately gets countered or something or other. Like, what was that from? Double Masters? or I don't know. There's, yeah, no, it's, I can imagine, like, real, you know, Probably fun to play, but probably easy to like, okay, like I'm done. It's like, see you later. Thanks for just completely yeah, turning my deck off. If you don't deal with the person that is most likely to turn your deck off first, then you're going to lose. Like it's not, there's not a lot of creatures in it. It doesn't generate, like it, it has ways to generate tokens that, you know, work for blockers, mm-hmm. but I don't tutor for anything in that deck. So it's like they have to play naturally. Yeah. Um, so, and a lot of my creatures are utilitarian. They do something Mm. rather than, I mean, I can use them for blockers, but I don't want to, you know, I don't want them to die. So Traxos is pretty much the standalone creature in that deck. And yeah, he deals fast and hard commander damage, which is great, but you're only killing one person at a time and the table quickly gangs up on you or tries to. Yeah. So, um... It's it's a reality of playing the deck, but I do love playing it. I just have I played it so much that I was like, I want to build other things and yeah. I want to learn how to play other things. And you know, I haven't abandoned it. I still love it, but um, but I paused it for a little while because yeah. it's also predictable. When yeah. everybody knows what you're playing, they know what to bring exactly. to the table to combat it. So yeah, I gave it a break. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I found I'm not. I've played Magic for a while, like, gosh, since too long, 24 years. Played a long time, but I always was like a side, I always joke, I'm a sidewalk player. I learned to play at lunch in my junior high. And, like, yeah. I got into Commander because Commander for me was, like, always how I played Magic, like, kitchen tip. We just jam a bunch of cards together and what have you. So I have a bunch of Commander decks, but a lot of it was, like, I find a Commander I like. Go on EDH Rec, probably throw a Desert uh, deck that I kind of thought was interesting. But um, I found that the more as I get into like personal, like okay, I have an idea for a deck. Like I'm more drawn to more of the, I guess like the janky. Like, ooh, could I make this work? Like I'm trying to build. Um, there was a card in Dominaria United, the new Rona, Disciple of 
Phyrexia or Disciple of Gix, mm-hmm. something or other. And it's basically like every time you cast an instant or sorcery, every um, opponent t- loses one life. So I'm trying to literally, 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 I can enunciate, build <laughs> a deck that's all just one mana cantrips. So it's just like, yeah, play one, you know, play an ops, draw a card, do one damage, and call it, call it death by a thousand needles. Uh, yeah, you know, actually, it's gonna be called. Fun. It's gonna be called death by that scene in Avengers: Infinity War where Doctor Strange is being tortured by something. So it's real. It's you know, it's funny, right? It'd be a ridiculous name, but that's the that's the plan. So we'll see. I'm gonna try to get. It, I love that. Put it together, but uh, yeah, like you know, I feel like that's kind of the fun of commanders, like these kind of like out of the box strategies, which you couldn't, you wouldn't see uh, in anywhere else, really. You know. Yeah. So. So you started with Commander. You know, it's funny because I always said, I think, you know, I had heard initially the initial wisdom was like starting with Commander is like the worst place to start because there's so much going on. <laughs> and then I was always a proponent of like, no, I think you should start with Commander because you just kind of get uh, exposed to so many, so much, so much magic initially. Um, but now I don't know if I still believe I have a friend, a coworker who who just got into magic like Two weeks ago, he he comes up to me and he's like, "Hey Drew, uh, do you know like you you play magic, right? Have you heard of you?" I was like, "Yeah, I play a little bit, you know." I've, so we've been playing. <laughs> I dabble. I dabble. <laughs> um, so like I've been playing with him at lunch, and I brought uh, I have popper deck, so I've been teaching him with popper because you know I yeah. I figured like oh two people. I'm building a popper deck right now. Oh really? Yeah, it's popper's pretty sweet. Um, but even like the low level of popper, like trying to go through and you know. Yeah, so when you attack, like, you need to you tap your creature. Okay, yeah, that's right. That's right. Tap it. And then, like, play it. So I'm like, man, I could only imagine someone super fresh playing Commander. So uh, I still think just getting thrown in the deep end of Commander might be might be the way to go. But I'm like, okay, I can understand how that could be a lot, a lot for a new player in terms of uh, mechanics and, like, functionality. And, it is over overwhelming. So, okay, I was gifted the Lathril Elf deck. Um, first, okay. when I started learning how to play Commander, and I hated it. I just didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. I felt like there were too many moving parts, too much to read, like too many things that, mechanisms that I didn't understand as a new player, yeah. and I was like, how do I do this? What What do I do with this? And I just didn't like it. I found it overwhelming. Yeah. And I couldn't keep track of a busy board as a new player. Yeah. So when I played the Orzov deck, I felt really at home and I felt like, okay, I can do this. And once I know, like you play a card and you see the art and you kind of like remember what it says on the, like, oh, I've played this card before. I've seen this before. So it does this. And then you don't have to like sit there reading every word, you know, diligently and carefully because you kind of remember you've played it before. Um, But it's also, um, it's kind of like, I'm going to equate this to learning sailing. I I took sailing lessons. Yeah, I took sailing lessons. I'm a licensed sailor. That's a fun fact. I live in the city, but, you know, I learned on, (laughs) I learned in, in, uh, yeah, by like, the Statue of Liberty, like the Hudson River, on like it was like the New York skyline. It was like a movie. It was wow. dumb, but yeah, it's really, <laughs> it's really cool. Um, but yeah, I, I learned to sail, and you have to have like three days on the water, and um, 
one of the day, the first day I went out, it was very windy. Um, so even though it was like late April and it was quite warm outside, they were like, bring your jackets because it's cold out on the water. And I, I didn't really, I was like, how cold can it be? And it was really cold and it was super windy, which was great for sailing. Yeah. But, um, like there were times where the sailboat was almost like completely sideways and there was like water coming into the sailboat, like oh. as you were trying to turn and there were like drain holes on the side of uh, the inside of the boat that like, you know, when water comes in, it drains back out. So yeah. you're not going to like sink. Um, it's designed that way, yeah. but we're like almost completely turned over the instruction. The instructor is like calm as anything. And he's like, no, that's fine. That's normal. You're doing great. You're doing great. And we're like, okay. So we trust the guy, right? The second day there was like no wind at all. And it was like super calm. It was just a completely different experience. And I said, I remember saying, if I had had that day first and then had the windy day where I thought the boat was going to capsize, I would have been panicked. Yeah. You know, like I think I would have, I would have been made more nervous, like, oh, shoot, this isn't normal, yeah. you know? Um, and so I kind of feel that way maybe about, like, learning Commander first. It's like, if you get a complicated format first, then everything else seems easy. Yeah. Where if you learned on something that's, like, easy or traditional, then maybe moving up to Commander is tedious or like it feels like learning something new all over again yeah. um i remember taking forever to learn like combat and what would what how to block yeah. and like what would kill my creature and what wouldn't so even though i was learning commander i downloaded arena yeah just to learn how to attack and block um and practice because when I'm by myself, I had no way of practicing that. So I used Arena to practice, like, getting familiarized with blocking and attacking. Um, but otherwise, I didn't play any other formats while I was learning. Yeah. Arena has definitely been a great tool just uh, just to learn how to play the game at its, like, core level. Yeah. Um, I play a lot of Historic Brawl on it. It's really all I... I kept saying, like, eh, one, of these, one of these times I'll jump back into, like, Standard or something, but, like... It's a the, the economy is a little it's a little sus as the kids say, but um, I've played enough yeah. where like my brawl decks are like comp you know fun enough and I can kind of get by. But yeah, in terms of just like learning how to, you know blocking the phases and everything, I definitely think Arena is a great tool for people interested in playing the game, especially because you can you can essentially download and play for free. You know, just the basic intro right. intro lessons or playing against Sparky or whatever. So. Uh, I have to laugh because one of my uh, one of my guilty pleasures is uh, <clears throat> below deck with my wife on Bravo, and they have a sailing yacht one, and like and they actually they'll do when they go sail when they get wind, like he's, the ship is like on its side, and all the, the yeah. uh, employees are like hanging on grabbing uh, glasses or whatever, and the captain's just like it's like yeah, this is sailing, like super into it, so it just that made me laugh. Like it's like oh yeah, when yeah, you're, that's when you're, <laughs> when you're sailing, like you are sailing, you are going. <laughs> yeah so. and that's a good day but yeah. i think i would have freaked out if i had that as a second day i was grateful that like it was presented as normal and it was my first experience yeah you know? yeah definitely um so you are i mean i'm pretty it's pretty impressive really because you are you know when it comes to being new to magic you are pretty new to magic in the grand in the grand yeah. scheme of things so <laughs> 
Uh, I got to say, it's it's very impressive seeing kind of your rise into community. Um, I know you've been a guest streamer on a lot of different kind of uh, uh, EDH you know, commander pods, uh, but now you kind of are a uh, you know streamer host, streamer yourself, um, hosting your own pods and yeah. all that kind of thing. What um what's been like jumping from like going on someone's stream versus like hosting your own stream with people? So I um I guess so all right when this past December early January the pandemic was on a on the rise again mm-hmm. and um because I I teach we were told after the Christmas break we weren't returning to school that we were going virtual for two weeks in January. And I said, okay, great. We're closing again, yeah. you know? Um, so I started to worry that the LGSs would also close. So I started going, uh, I started learning. I didn't even know what discord was at the start of this year, mm-hmm. uh, in January. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So I started, going on discord and i was like what the hell is this i was calling like my lgs owner and i'm like uh what's this beeping sound what is i i getting alerts i've turned off the sound and i'm still hearing sound like what's happening and they're like yeah that's normal just ignore it i'm like what do you mean just ignore it i feel like i have a notification i don't know where it is so um i just had no idea i still don't know where the booping sound is coming from i get them all the time i don't know where they are but discord, i just i have this no i i i'm I kind of know Discord now, but I was thrown into it. I was like, I don't understand how there's what are different. There's different servers yeah. and channels, and I would close it, but I would still get beeping. I just figured out how to. I figured out the beeping. If you if you want me to tell you when we're done here, I can tell you. I okay. Think how yeah. To, like you close you, you close Discord, but it still beeps. Like I, I finally figured out the trick to that, so I can I can let you in on a secret. Oh uh, yes, uh, please, because I'm an old lady, so I, I was like, I don't. I'm I'm now understanding like why my parents were so bad at technology, and I was like like five and I'm like god it's this <laughs> yeah. you know like but now I'm I'm that person mm-hmm. now I'm like as old as my mom and I'm, I'm useless at technology I'm like <laughs> oh, I don't know so um yeah I I started getting into discord and I joined a bunch of discord communities of people that I was watching and I became super active because obviously I was on Christmas break and then I was working from home for two weeks so I had a lot of spare time and I was super active in these discords and um Lua Stardust was having a one-year stream anniversary in late January and she threw together a bunch of lovely pods to play all day and she made a spot for one pod that was just people from her discord Mm -hmm. and um, you know, I ha- happened to be one of the people that she recognized, um, because I was pretty active on there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got a spot on her, um, stream pod, her stream anniversary pod. And, um, that was the first time I was ever a guest. Mm-hmm. And I think from there I started getting invited as a guest, um, you know, once in a while on more and more streams. Mm-hmm. And then um, she and I became very good friends. So now we're, we're like friends, like in real life, but oh, no, um, Lua, friend of the show, Lua, she's been on, she's the best. Yeah. Lua is. Yeah. She's, she's super awesome. Very, very. So cool. She and I are now real, real life friends, which was, is a really cool thing. Yeah. I, I love being her friend. She's great. And um, 
yeah, super supportive. Um, that's that's why I'm making a pauper deck, by the way, because she and Tori have um, a new project called Scry Babies, mm-hmm. and because they are both local to me, um, we are going to film together um, in several months. It's you know, there's a lot a lot going on for all yeah. of us, but um, in a couple months we will be filming together. And um, they want to showcase different platforms, mm-hmm. so um, I will be creating a popper deck for that. So the original, that, the original popper you know, OG uh, tour. She got me. That's how I built. That's what I got into to building popper decks too. Because she was on. Yeah. She was like, Can I check out this thing? I was like, I can build a deck for like fifteen dollars. Awesome. Like heck yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it's so it's funny because I've started my year with Lua and I'm ending my year with Lua. So it's it's full circle. It's good year. Um, <laughs> this this is happening like end of December. So it's perfect. It's like. Yeah. I started with Lua and ended with Lua, um, but I have to remember to tell her that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I started getting invited on on a bunch of streams throughout the months, and then somewhere around Aprilish, it, I it was really a, a quick. It happened very quickly, but somewhere around April, people were were posting these. Um, who are your favorite content creator posts on Twitter mm-hmm. and like tagging people, a bunch of people. Yeah. And I would keep getting tagged in these posts and I'm like, I don't create content. <laughs> I just appear on it. You know, I'm like, yeah. I'm not a creator. I'm just a face that I'm a vessel shows up. with the content flows. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, um, I, everyone's like, you should, you should like, you know, you're, you're so, dynamic you're such a personality that people remember because you're so like on stream and you know and i i say what i say a lot of times what people are thinking but like kind of too afraid to say and i'm like i don't give a shit if i say can i say shit you can say whatever you want okay (laughs) it's like oh wait we didn't cover that (laughs) so i'm like i don't care like Fuck it, you know, we're good. I'm like, whatever. It's we're all grown and I'm not if I, as long as I'm not saying anything like offensive or anything, then like, yeah. you know, why not say it? Yeah. So, um I I I think people gravitated towards that kind of like personality and that energy and and um they were like, You should make your own content and I I'm like, Yeah, I guess, you know, like I I didn't want to put something out that was too similar to what everybody else already is doing. And I didn't want to step on any toes because everyone's now my friend. So it's yeah. like, I don't want to now create content that overshadows any of my friends or something like that. So I felt like I was putting out something that was uniquely me. And um, I also had a specific message that I wanted to work towards. So I felt like I had a good place in the community. So I said, oh, why not? So in May, I started um, streaming on my own page. It was a very slow start because I just didn't have the appropriate technology, but I still wanted to um, kind of dip my toe in streaming every now and then. And then as the months went on, I started doing it a little bit more consistently. Um, And then June, I started getting invited to appear as a content creator at in-person events Mm -hmm. and throughout the summer I've gone to like six different events or so and I'm still yeah I'm still going to events like every month for the rest of the year so I've been really really fortunate to have networked in the right places and have been invited to and have received really awesome opportunities 
from being a streamer and it's all happened really quickly. I know my following isn't super huge um, compared to a lot of other folks in the community, but I have had really amazing opportunities anyway, um, which is wild because I was always of the belief that like, if you don't have a big following, you're not going to be given opportunities. And that just hasn't been the truth for me. You know, people want to see me at events and people have wanted me to attend panels because they know that I'm not going to be shy in answering questions or presenting, you know, my feelings to a crowd. And, um, that is valuable to event coordinators, but it's also not a lot of people in the magic community are very introverted and they're not really dynamic personalities when they're in a room full of people. Um, and I don't mind doing that. So I think there was something about me that events really liked. And um, despite the fact that I had very small following, I was still a, des- a desirable presence for them. Yeah. Now, I always, so. I always tell people well, – I don't tell people. I don't talk to a lot of people because I – someone who is <laughs> a small to zero following, which is fine. Uh, but there's always – you know, there's always, there's always more views to go, like, a, to around. Like, everyone – you know, everyone talks about like, you know, worry about, you know what, go out there. And I think you actually are a great example is as long as the content is good, you know, that's, that's really what's going to push you forward. You can make the, all the content in the world you want, or you can have the biggest following, but if the content isn't good, like you're not really going to go anywhere. And I think you, um, your success, um, you know, definitely speaks to, you know, not only your personality, you obviously are very dynamic, you're very funny, you're very engaging. Um, but like, yeah, you may have a small following, but I'm sure it's a very loyal and very, uh, you know, uh, great following to have. Yeah. So I think that's, you know, it's, it's it's nice to see like you could be a small, you know, smaller creator and still find success with, you know, what you're trying to do. Obviously, you you know, I think you said you were a teacher when we started recording. So you have a full time job. So doing this on the, you know, as a side kind of hustle or side gig, I don't want to say hustles, but like as a side sort of project, uh you know, that's the kind of success I think you would kind of look for is like if you could build like a solid following and be able to go out and like be your true self, you know, be your, be you, right? Go out and not be afraid to say what everyone's thinking and being able to kind of um, speak up for those who maybe aren't uh, able or willing to speak. Like, I think that's important. And I, you know, I think that's a, for me, a big reason why I was so stoked to, to get you on because um, I, I, you know, I've seen that uh, watching you and pop in and when I, uh, when I lurk in streams or just, you know, I follow you on Twitter and Instagram and all that kind of stuff. So um, I definitely, uh, I want to dump into that a little more, but I'm going to, I want to kind of just change uh, pace just a little bit. Cause there's some other sure. fun things I want to talk about um, is uh, one, you do some D and D content. I believe you're saying, or you're working on some upcoming D and D content. Yeah, actually I am part of a campaign that originally started as an all girl, all marginalized gender and neurodiverse group. Okay. Um, And since then, I mean, our first campaign kind of finished and we kind of melded it into a new campaign. Some of us kept our character. Some of us made new ones. And um, we now have some gentlemen in our campaign as well, but... um, prior it originated with um just this all all ladies campaign and um my dm her name is millie and um her account is disadvantage entertainment and 
she is recording our campaign to be released as a podcast. So Sweet. that will be, be cool. coming out soon. Yeah. And then one, a fellow content creator, Shannable. Shannable, She yep. is, yeah, Big she's fan. doing a one shot. So yeah, she has a set, uh, a, a show as well called Wooberg and Fries. And <laughs> um, yeah, so it's fun. And she uh, is DMing a one shot that's kind of like a spooky Halloween theme. Okay. So I think we are meeting next week to record it and hopefully edit and release it for Halloween. Awesome. Uh, I think I actually took her gates, it's the nine fingers, whatever list to build a gates deck. So. Uh, Shannon was great. That's awesome. Yeah. That's that's really cool. I mean, that's uh, the D and D thing. I do D and D with some friends. It's a big group of like parent, like you know, we're all in our mid thirties, and a bunch of them have kids. So, and it's like, can we can we schedule like three months out? The next session, three months. Is that good for everyone? Can everyone make it in? So, it's uh, but when we get together to play, like I think Dungeons and Dragons is a very uh, I, well, I think these days, like a lot of the nerd, the nerd world is a lot more, you know, uh, and. And, uh, inviting or not inviting people accept it more it's kind of been, it's, it's very mainstream when I think about like you know yeah, when I was younger it like, wasn't like that when we were kids no, no not at all no, no. as the uh, as the you know as the kid who was probably most known for his love of Star Wars in elementary school it's we've definitely come a long way from um, back you know the, the nerdy kids in the back with their lightsabers or, or what have you so uh <laughs> so it's funny because i love star wars and i feel like i really didn't get into my nerdy peak until like late high school early college mm-hmm. i've always been nerdy in the sense that i've always been smart yeah and i've always been in like gifted and talented programs as a kid yeah. and my mom was super strict, so I wasn't allowed to, like, hang out. You know, like, all my friends were out, like, yeah. past dark, and I wasn't allowed that. So, you know, I had nothing to do but stay home and read. And um, I played the saxophone because I, like, idolized Lisa Simpson. That's, so, like, that's... Dude, I, you know, I play bass. I'm mostly a bassist, but I play a little guitar. But the saxophone is always, I was like, man, if I could play... A brass instrument, <laughs> and it's very specific. If I could play a brass instrument, it's a woodwind. A woodwind, excuse it's me. It's not a brass. Uh, it's a woodwind. Woodwind. Yes, excuse me. <laughs> actually, that's a lie. I'd probably, I'd probably choose. Here's, you want to talk about nerdy? If I could choose a woodwind, actually, my first choice would be a clarinet, because Benny Goodman, Ooh. Benny Goodman played a clarinet, <laughs> okay. and I, I'm a big fan of Benny Goodman, which is a Fair. big band. Grandfather got me into it, but saxophone is a close second. Saxophone is a saxophone. Okay, sorry. Saxophone. <laughs> Uh, I need. I just loved Lisa Simpson, so yeah. I wanted to be her, and I played the saxophone because I wanted to be Lisa. Um, but yeah, I was always kind of a nerd, and I was always like studious and well read mm-hmm. um, growing up. And then, but I was also really diverse, and I fit in with a lot of different groups of kids. So mm-hmm. I didn't have like I didn't. I wasn't like in a clique because I had friends in every clique. Yeah. Um, but I was like always a singer and a theater nerd and I was in like poetry club and you know, but I, I was never in high school. I was never like bullied or like treated like a nerd, like kids, the kids knew that I was like nerdy, but I was also kind of cool. So they were like, okay with it. So, um, you know, I, I guess in the hierarchy, like 
the popular popular kids were like assholes yeah so like i wasn't there because i wasn't an asshole but like a lot of people knew me so i was like popular because people knew me but i wasn't an asshole so like i was here you know you're a you're a tweener my dad used to call me a tweener because yeah you go between all these different <laughs> groups because i kind of same thing i was very i've always been very still am very nerdy but like i also put a bunch of sports and like just kind of nice guy read a lot but like you kind of just you're just nice i mean i just people knew you because you were just kind of around but it wasn't because you, you were everywhere you were everywhere yeah. yeah so yeah i can i definitely know exactly what you're talking about in terms of like that was definitely me as well and i just i loved to talk i was always social and i didn't i wasn't shy i didn't mind like kind of being the ham or the the yeah. voice of people you know i i just i i was always that so um but in high school and in college, I guess just meeting new people and having exposure to people outside of like the bubble I was from, yeah, I got exposed to other fandoms and other things that I would have never known about. Yeah. And so that's when I started getting into anime and I started getting into, you know, like deeper, like I always knew Star Wars and I'd seen them, but I wasn't like a huge fan yeah. until much later on, you know, and then I started really getting deep into like... Um, like Lord of the Rings and all that stuff, you know, like I, I watched all of the movies come out. I had read like the Hobbit as a kid, yeah. but then I reread it and I read all the Lord of the Rings and then I watched all the movies come out like when I was in college and you know, that kind of like, it just, it, it's, it's a completely different world, you know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. as I aged, I got nerdier and nerdier and nerdier. And then like, um, you know, here I am at i i mean well i guess i was 37 when i started so i'm like i'm 37 i'm gonna learn how to play magic the gathering (laughs) so now i'm 38 and i'm like i'm gonna become a streamer (laughs) it's like yeah that's why people still want to watch me which is miraculous but here we are yeah well that's cool i mean i i've always i I joke i'm an elder nerd actually my friends used to call me mario because like they were like drew knows a lot about a lot of different nerdy things. He may not know a hun- like a ton about one thing, but he knows he's, he's got a general knowledge. A lot I about tell a you bunch, of, a bunch things. of things. So, uh, well, same thing. I, you know, I was like, I'm going to start making a magic YouTube show in my mid thirties too. Cause like, why not? Like it's, you know, yeah. <laughs> but it's nice. It's cool seeing people kind of come in and like, you know, we have like a, a Lord of the Rings show on Amazon now and like all these new star Wars shows yeah. and like the sequels and all this. So it's, isn't it wild? What a world. I never, if you would have told me when I was nine, like, there was going to, gosh, even when I was nine, there was going to be six, well, no, seven, eight, at least eight more Star Wars movies. And there were going to be like TV shows and all this other stuff. Like yeah. never, never would have believed you. Never, you know, never in a million <laughs> years. So, um, but that's cool. I mean, um, and, and I think it's good. You know, I think there's, what's nice is like with this sort of thing is becoming mainstream and like different sorts of people kind of being exposed to it. You know, a lot of, I know it can be said for like a lot of things, but I think a lot of times, especially like nerd related things, there could be a lot of unnecessary gatekeeping and, uh, sure. Absolutely. You know, magic especially. And I think it's important, um, for people to realize that they are, you know, welcome and accepted in these communities because it's, they're big enough for, again, they're big enough for everybody. Like there's, there's no need to exclude anyone for, you know, from having access and enjoying these, these sort of, these sort of mediums. Um, so, uh, so it's another, another slight pivot, but uh, I have to ask about your candles. You make, yes. you make, can- you make candles. 
And not just I do. You make nerdy scented candles, fandom based candles. Yes. So uh, fandom candles. I know you have magic. Um, so let's start. Let's start from the start. With can- what got you into making candles? First off, like what's what's that about? <laughs> oh, man, I've been. I started doing candles before I started doing magic. Um, I actually had a friend who made um, these really cute like handmade soaps and they looked like cupcakes and they really did look like cupcakes. Like she started selling them at like a local fair and kids would try to buy them to eat them. And she's like, they're soap, honey. You can't eat them. You know, I'm like, yeah, like, no, don't eat it. It's soap. So, um, but they were beautiful. And I was like, I'm Mm. so proud of you. These are so cool. And, um, I was a, a patron of at the time, um, like, subscription boxes were really popular. I don't know if they still are, but monthly kind of mystery subscription boxes, like Loot Crate was a big thing. And, you know, a lot of people were super into that at the time. So I was like, you should do like a monthly subscription where like maybe the cupcake is themed every month of like, you know, it's got like pastels for Easter or springtime or like, you know, orange and black for Halloween or whatever. Like, you know, just every month people get a different like scent, a different image on these cupcakes. And I was like, I bet you they do really well. And she was like, oh, that's a great idea. But I feel like maybe I would want to put something else in it, like a lip balm or something, you know, something else. And I was like, yeah, you know, I was like, you know, I I could probably learn how to make candles. Like, how hard could it be? Right. And then um, (laughs) I just got it in my mind that I was going to do it. And I did it. So I learned how to make candles and like fragrance oils and, um, you know, stuff for like diffusers and wax melts and things that, you know, I know college students can't burn candles Mm -hmm. in their rooms. So they use all the other alternatives Mm -hmm. and like room sprays. So I got into making all this and um, we, for three years, had a sub box together. Oh, wow. Um, So we each had our own company. So she kept her soap company and I opened my candle company. But we had a sub box together. Um, That was pretty successful at one point, but just we got super busy and just couldn't handle the the load anymore. But um, so we, we disbanded it and said, you know, maybe we'll do it again sometime but at the moment we just can't we don't have the time for it but um but yeah I kept my candle company and I decided that I wanted it to be like literary pop culture themed and just things that make people feel comfort and make people feel at home that they would want to have a candle in a room that it's not just like out of the way or on a shelf, but displayed and something that they're happy to have in the center of the room that makes them feel good. So, um, yeah, I try to create scents that are appealing to people that make sense for the fandom or what, what I'm representing Mm -hmm. and, um, and that make people feel nostalgic or, or like, yeah, this is a thing I really love, you know, a fandom I'm a part of and, and this is just another piece that's kind of like a rarity. You know, it's not like a super mass produced licensed product, but it is um, something that's like special yeah. by somebody who cares about the fandom. You know, like I don't often make things for fandoms I'm not familiar with, 
um, because I want to do justice to the product. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you know, and I want people to feel like, oh, this person knows this character inside out. You know, this person that made this candle knows the lore, knows the fandom, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I, I try to keep a well-rounded shop. So. <laughs> well, that's cool. Um, so yeah. I remember I saw there was, you know, there was Lord of the Rings candles, obviously kind of related to this show. There's magic uh basic land uh based candles which look very interesting yeah. do you have a fa- of the of the basic lands do you have a favorite uh kind of candle you lean towards or do they, uh, do you love them all equally oh, since man. they're all your creations i don't love them all equally um i tend to like woodsy and masculine smells mm-hmm. the most so my favorite is probably mountain okay um because it's very woodsy and outdoorsy and crisp and like sandalwood kind of you know vibe um i probably also really like swamp um because i wanted it to have like a murky water smell but not in like a bad way, but yeah. some swamp seems like kind of like a might be kind of difficult, right? Yeah, inherently of what a swamp is. I wanted it to be like I wanted it to have an element of woodsiness, but I also wanted it to be watery. But I didn't want it to be like fresh, like when you buy a candle in in a store and it's like ocean or yeah. um, you know river or whatever it's it always smells like really like like clean cotton or something it smells like really fresh like a laundry detergent i wanted it to be more masculine almost like a cool water cologne okay you know like that makes sense yep definitely so when i went murky water it's it smells like water but not in the fresh way in the more masculine way still smells good but it's it's got like a a man tone <laughs> to it. Um, so I really like, I like mountain and I like swamp the best, I think. Well, that's cool. I, uh, they're definitely on my list. I might have to order those to give them a, give them a shot. Cause, uh, okay. It's, it's, uh, I mean, it's fun. I mean, that's, again, it's cool when you can kind of combine two passions, you know, magic and kettle making, you know, I've never, never would have been two things that would have crossed my mind, but that's, yeah. you know, that's, that's why we, you know, that's why we're here. So that's, that's very cool. Um, so, um, one of the well, there's two big reasons why I wanted to have you on. Uh, have you on? Uh, one is you're ha- you're hilarious. If if you're not following Ron on like Twitter or Instagram, especially Instagram, Samir, I go through like you know the stories and like I hit your stuff sometimes. I'm literally just like laughing a lot, like at work. It's just like bangers. All <laughs> the, what's the quote from a Succession? All bangers, nothing but bangers. Bang- yes, right. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you. So uh, very funny. So fine. You know, I will list all your socials uh, for people to find you at. So I highly recommend people go uh, search you out. Uh, thank you. But on a, uh, I guess a little more, a little more serious note is um, I was very impressed and interested on your work uh, and your concentration on diversity and representation in like the magic community. Um, so yeah. I, you know, I was hoping maybe you can kind of talk about that a little bit, you know, why it's in, important i would say to you and you know to the to really the game the community as a whole and um you know just what do you think about maybe what people could could do to be a little better or welcoming or you know there's any sort of maybe thoughts you may have uh, in that sort of and it's, it's kind of a big i know it's kind of a big ass like what do you you know but you know just you know what do you th- what do you think about that and like what do you what do you like to focus on or what do you think you've like what have you seen um in the, in the community and what you've what you've been working for 
Absolutely. Um, okay, so I, like I said, I'm 38 years old, so I grew up, I'm a lady of an era. I grew mm-hmm. up, um, you know, going to school in the 90s, which was a very different time, and um, things weren't as progressive you know like back then like race jokes were still funny you know comedians were doing like racial jokes and things like that and like it was just normal so like even if like like i'm hispanic so if if there was a comedian that was like cracking jokes about hispanics it was like i would laugh at them because they were they were funny because they were true you know and it was like i never felt like oh my god i'm being oppressed because (laughs) that was the 90s and that was like what was funny then you know like nobody thought anything of it but if you were to present those same comedians to like a group of kids even now kids that were my age when i saw them you know like 13 14 year olds they would be like wow that's offensive you know even Mm -hmm. now so um it just i grew up in a very different time but even then i i didn't play magic the gathering then but i saw the kids that did and they were white boys you know like it was like you um if you were black or brown you couldn't play this game because it wasn't for black or brown kids you know it was like oh that's a white kid game yeah like why would you want to play that that's for white kids you know and it's like that was kind of the way it was and um even though the world isn't really that way anymore i noticed that for some folks they still feel that Mm -hmm. you know like if you're the only brown guy walking into the lgs And it's a room full of white guys. It feels like, do I belong here? Mm -hmm. You know? And if you look at Twitter, it's rife with female players, players of all backgrounds, all colors, all ethnicities, races, nationalities, all folks of marginalized genders, sexualities, but I don't see all of that diversity in real life spaces. Mm. I don't see it at, I go to four LGSs. I don't see it at any of my LGSs really. And I don't see it in competitive spaces. Mm. And when I look at invite lists to, um, to like events, there aren't many, if any at all, um, visibly brown invited creators and there were at least two events this summer that i was an invited guest to that i was the only person of color invited and um and i'm not visibly brown and there were folks that were once the guest list was announced people were saying wow um you know event so white blah 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 like every every single person on there is white and a lot of my friends chimed in and said like oh ron is hispanic ron is hispanic and those folks that made those comments said like oh my apologies and i understand that i'm white passing in in some ways but um but they're not wrong when they say okay but there's one brown person on the panel and it's like why isn't there more and it's there is an element of of folks not feeling like they belong and and i think that that is also because event spaces aren't making the effort to invite folks that represent the community that plays the game so it's really important to me and significant to me um to listen to the requests and the the, the like 
I don't want to say demands, but um, the the asks of the people. Uh-huh. You know, there's so many players in Magic that are like. I wish there was more diversity. And it's like, okay, well, we're the ones in charge of making sure of that, you know, like we're the ones who um, can change that or can make a difference in that. And if I have any kind of persuasion or say in the matter, I'm going to speak up about it because I have many friends of all different backgrounds, sexualities, um, you know, ethnicities, races. And I care that they're seen and heard and represented in what was historically and previously a white cis man's game. Um, And it's not that game anymore, but you wouldn't really always know it from the event spaces. Um, So it's important to me and meaningful to me to kind of speak up about that. And um, the most recent issue... um, that I kind of couldn't keep quiet about was um, I I sat down at a roundtable with Sheldon Menry at an event um, where we were invited guests, and it was one of the one of the events where I was the only visibly brown, or rather not visibly, but because I was white passing, but the only person of color invited, and. Um, he sat down with all of the invited creators, um, all of whom were white, and a Wizards employee who was also white, and a longtime fan who was also white. And Sheldon said, how can we, As he is, uh, for anybody who doesn't know, Sheldon Menery is one of the founding members of the Rules Committee and um, creators of Commander and um, basically leader of the platform and the format. Um, So the rules committee is run by four older white guys. And so he said, how can the rules committee help content creators aside from sharing posts and things like that? What can we do to better help content creators? And um, this was a it wasn't a public panel in the sense that we didn't have microphones, but it was held in a public space where people could listen in. Um, And we I one of the things I said was, well, the biggest thing that people are saying um, that I'm hearing people talk about are that they want to they want more diversity in in spaces, and they want to be represented from the top down. And I said, you know, I know that you all are considering adding new members to the RC, or you will be adding members at some point. And I think it's incredibly meaningful that you seek and choose members that are representative of the community. And I think that you can do a lot for us by representing us in, you know, from the top down. And he said, yeah, you know, we've been, this isn't an easy decision. We've been working on this for many years and we, um, you know, we've been doing a lot of research and blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay, you know, great. I trust that you are. And um, months later, maybe a month ago, the RC announced their two um, new additions. And um, one was a woman, one was a man. So yeah, it's lovely that there's a woman on the RC, but both are visibly white. As it turns out, they have Native American heritage, but this is not something that they ever really speak of. So as far as many of their own even best friends were concerned, they were white, you know? So it's like your own best friends don't even know of your heritage. So um, 
how you can't you can't very well use that now to say oh well the rc is diverse because they have this hidden background that nobody knew about you know and it's they are lovely people that are very well qualified for the job and i'm super happy that they were chosen because i believe that they're good people for the job Mm -hmm. but i would have liked to see also someone else that better represents a divide you know i i don't believe that there isn't a single person of color that isn't equally as good for the job as the two that were chosen um so i kind of talked about that a little bit Mm -hmm. and i said i don't want you know i hate to to bring this up because i don't want to take away from the people who were chosen and their celebratory moment but i wish that there was some a a diverse more diverse option also hired Mm -hmm. to to be promoted into the rc and um Sheldon messaged me personally and asked me some questions, um, one of which was, who would you have chosen? And I said, well, I'm not on the RC, so it's not, it's not my decision to choose. Also, I'm new to Commander, so I don't know every single person that is knowledgeable in this platform, much less the people across the world, because this is not the Rules Committee USA. This is Rules Committee, period. And Command Fest, Wizards held Command Fest in at least eight cities that were not U.S. cities. They were Mexico City, Europe, Asia. There must be people in those countries and those cities that also are very knowledgeable and very competitive. So why not make efforts to get to know those people and those players and maybe talk to them over the years and and add one of them, you know, there were just so many, I, I was, I just said, Sheldon, I'm not going to give you a suggestion that you're going to then explain away why it wasn't a good suggestion. I think it's not my job to do the research. You said that you had, you know, you've been investing years into this research, but you just hired up somebody from your own bubble that you're always around. And it's, it doesn't look good to the community the community feels let down by this, especially the community that represents people of color and people of marginalized genders and people of, you know, from LGBT communities, that there are zero representatives in the RC. Like, yes, there are representatives in the CAG, the advisory group, but what that message is saying is like, the top must be white and the CAG can be whatever, you know? Like, and I know that that's not the that's not what's happening because I know that Sheldon is an advocate for minorities and and people of marginalized genders and he cares genuinely about the community, but the actions don't reflect that and that is problematic to somebody who doesn't know him well. Yeah. Um. And it just in this day and age, I feel sends the wrong message because it's taken so, you know, 10, 12 years to add one new member to the RC. So do we have to wait another 10 or 12 years before we see an RC member of color? Like, you know, it just, it, it hit a nerve and I, um, I had to be honest with him Mm. about what I thought. And he asked me if I was attending Magic 30 or MTG Summit. I said I was. And he asked me to put together a panel of eight to 10 folks um, to discuss this with him. And I said, I'd be glad to. So it took me two days and I found eight other people, nine, including myself. Um, All of them are people of color. All of them, some of them are trans. Some of them are 
bisexual, some of them are um, men, some of them are women, you know, just the most diverse and knowledgeable group that I could find that were going to these events and in agreement to participate. And I found them in two days. And it's like, you've had years to find somebody for the RC. And I like put together this group in two days. It's like, if I could do this in two days, you could have done more in years. Yeah. And so this group of folks and I, sorry for the long-winded answer, no, but no, that's, it's, I, it's something that's I'm super asked, yeah. passionate about. No, I know. That's exactly, um, but, you know. This is what I was, I was, I was hoping to get. Cause this is, cause I mean, obviously I'm, I am a cis hetero white guy, right? I am your typical, you could see me playing magic. You'd be like, Oh yes, that makes sense. Like he, whatever. But I, you know, I you like, don't stand out in a room, you know, like no, you, and, you belong there. Easy. <laughs> and I, you know, for me, like for this this show, especially the, the purpose for me at this show was always to highlight creators who are putting out good content, but also to um, express the diverseness of magic. Like that's I feel like, you know, if I not that we need some other, you know, some other white guy coming in like, well, he's coming, that's, you know, whatever. But like when you when you talk about, you know. And nothing against the two new RC members. They are great. They're super knowledgeable. I think they're great for Commander. Right. Be, but, like, there's nothing to say they couldn't have gone further and, and added, like, why did it only have to be two? Could they Could they have added four? There could have been, I mean, there's probably plenty of people on the CAG that could have added that would have made a huge difference in the visibility. And that's yeah. what, and, like, you know, people talk about, like, well, shouldn't you hire the, the best person for the position? Which, which is true, but representation like representation matters in a game especially a game like commander that is the most popular format in magic like it makes a difference when you can see someone who like looks like you and you can relate to them there's an experience there like i will i will never probably ever know what it's like what it's like to like not see myself represented somewhere right i'm uh, everywhere you know all the heroes or all the thing i've ever been to oh there's like you know, there's Luke Skywalker. There's Aragorn. There's you know, there's just there's Jace, right? There's there's Gideon. There's so like there's never been for me an experience where like oh like yeah like that's I can, you know, you talk about escapism. I think the best the best thing I ever saw, talking about like the importance of escapism and like why it matters. Like it's for everybody, you know. I think people, uh, Amanda um, Amanda Stevens, very big advocate for diversity, mm-hmm. uh, you know, trans rights, all that kind of stuff. Wrote an article about. Um, Teferi and like the disruptive student, hoping I'm pretty sure that's her. And like people talking, well, it's just a card game. Like you're ruining my card game. It's like, well, it's not just your card game. Like it's escapism, but it's it's escapism for everyone. So like if it's making certain people feel uncomfortable, like there's a problem there. You know, it's not white people escapism. It's 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 fantasy for everybody. So. Um, Right. And I don't want to take away from anybody else's experience to better anyone else's, mm -hmm. you know, like I'm not saying in any way, like, let's get rid of white people, you know, like, obviously, it's, you know, it's we're not trying to like, we're not trying to shut somebody else down to rise somebody else up. Mm -hmm. We're just trying to give folks opportunity and visibility. Because, frankly, the people, the players aren't they don't they're tired of hearing all of their news and all of their rules coming from people that don't represent them and i think it's important that if you want people to take the rc seriously and to trust the rc 
the word has to come from folks that look and feel and sound like them. And so that's including white people and including straight white men. And it's like, you know, we don't I don't want to take away from anybody. I just want to give opportunity to more people. Um, And I, you know, for example, I think um, Rebel was added to the CAG just weeks before the RC announcement. Mm -hmm. And I would have been I, I understand if there's like a hierarchy or a moving up process but if they had just skipped over that process and said hey rebels in the rc i would have been thrilled with that Mm -hmm. i think rebel is a fantastic choice you know um and i would have thought that that was a good move on their part but that's not what happened you know they they gave rebel a position on the cag and they moved up two cag members and even though they have an extremely diverse cag the two members that they happened to move up were both white and that was a disappointment to me because I feel like there were a lot of options. And, I'll, like, you know, this isn't the first time they've heard this message. And especially because, not just from me, and I don't expect my voice to be the only significant one, but I know for a fact that this isn't the first time they've heard it. Um, but one of the things that I did mention in my roundtable with the other content creators when I was talking to Sheldon, especially because there was a Wizards employee there, mm-hmm. I said, Wizards has made extreme effort to diversify the characters in their lore and on their art. They have trans characters, they have gay characters, they have black characters, they have characters that are, um, you know, Latinx inspired. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of like, like Atla Polani is very like, you know, Aztec-y inspired and um, like there is a lot of uh, characters drawn by like Brazilian artists that you can tell are dark skin, but maybe like Afro-Latino inspired and um, just beautiful, beautiful efforts have been made on Wizards part to hire diverse artists to showcase diverse art and diverse characters in lore. And I'm like, why are you still dragging your feet when even like Wizards is ramping up the diversity, but the RC is still in 1992? You know, it's like, I think it's time to keep up with the audience and have somebody that represents people because people want to hear from people that look and sound like them. And you're not, you're not taking that request seriously, in my opinion, um, by the choice that you made. So this was, um, a big, I mean, I can't say that I'm like super surprised, but I am still disappointed. I was hopeful that a different choice would have been made. Um, and, and that's not what happened. So, I'm looking forward to this conversation um, during Magic 30. Mm-hmm. Um, I've asked my group consent to record it um, so that hopefully I can edit it and put it out um, in a meaningful way so that a larger audience can hear, you know, as a fly on the wall, what happened in that room that day and what was talked about. Um, I just have to consent. I have to get consent from Sheldon once we lock down our time frame. Um, but what, if everyone is okay with it, I'm hopeful, um, that we are going to record it and release that conversation and hopefully it'll bring clarity to more people and that were, that shared my opinion and, and disappointment. So, yeah, I will say to at least not complete, you know, 
I don't want to say we've been piling on their seat, but at least they have been open for this kind of discussion. You know, it could have been like, nope, we've yeah. made our decisions. We're, you know, we're good. So like, you know, they're totally. And I think I don't, I can, I can imagine it. It's not an easy position to be in, you know, I agree. So there's a lot, but you know, it's just, and you're never going to satisfy everyone. No, that's, there's always going to be somebody who's got something to say. And I understand that fully, Yeah. but, um, you know, on the surface, it looks like a lot of effort wasn't made, especially because like when you are in the content creator community, you know, who's friends with whom. And it's like these people that are always seen at events together, these people that are always on each other's streams, these people that like always talk with each other and at each other and things like that. It's like, you know, who's closer to each other than others. Um, and it's it just felt like they just hired up from the inside and didn't bother to research. And I'm sure that that's not true, but that's what it seems, mm. you know, to somebody who's not in the know. It's like, well, they didn't even bother to try. They just hired up their own friends. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, it's hard, too, because like being in that position of that like kind of visual group is uh, you, you have to be aware of how things look visually like they're they're you know, th- right. past the eye test. Like that's part of being in those very um, public p- roles is like you're going to have your decisions questioned and your policies and your the way you conduct things like analyze because that's and you know that's you have to be willing to defend yourself and you know accept criticisms and you know so uh, well I definitely you know hopefully the, you know whether you get to record or not hopefully your your roundtable does does go well I hope that is very effective and um, I do appreciate I know appreciate I'm excited for it yeah. <laughs> well so uh, so speaking so magic 30 that's gonna be at magic 30 you said so obviously you're gonna be at magic yeah. 30 um, very cool I am um, mm-hmm. and I believe you're also you have the uh, the creator summit uh, right at right after yeah. in Utah mm-hmm. correct it's like two weeks after two weeks yeah in Salt Lake City that's funny I was uh very excited. The Creator Summit, I, was, you know, I get kind of one, I get one magic thing a year. Vegas is close enough where I can drive. But the Creator Summit's shaping up to be pretty, uh, looks to be pretty exciting. A lot of, a lot of yeah. big creators there. It looks like it's going to be pretty fun. Um, magic 30 will be Magic 30. I'm sure it'll be fun. Some interesting decisions by Wizards and the way they've kind of uh, decided to roll out <laughs> the event. But uh, it is, st- we are still finding interesting decisions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Even now. Yeah. But it's you know what it's still Vegas. There's still karaoke yeah. and whatever. Yeah. Keep joking with I think our mutual friend Veggie Wagon. Uh, probably gonna. I love Veggie so much. He's he's one of the people on my panel. So oh, very good. Um, yeah, Veggie's Veggie's the I'm best. I'm very fortunate to have him. Yeah. So. It's there's a lot of great folks on that panel, um, and I am looking forward to meeting with them and and having this discussion. It's going to be amazing. Very cool. Uh, well, just to kind of start wrapping things up, um, again, I want to thank you so much for spending your time with me. Um, very thank great discussion. I'm really happy to hear what you have to say. Um, so what I kind of do, you know, I talk about uh, supporting community. Um, and uh, we'll kind of talk beforehand. What I've been doing now especially is when I have a guest on, I have them uh, choose a organization or charity. So I will be making a donation to Planned Parenthood um, in uh both our names, the show's name and, you know, you as well, um, because, you know, I, uh, you know, I've been doing this past few shows. We've been making contributions to the uh, National Abortion Federation uh, because women's reproductive rights are under attack. And you know what? There's there's not really a stance on this. Uh, people deserve access to the health care they need to possibly save their lives. And um, it shouldn't be up for debate. So, um 
we'll be making that donation to Planned Parenthood. I will probably also make a donation uh, to the National Abortion Federation as well, um, just because, you know, if there's if there's one thing I can, you know, small thing I can do, you know, giving money is is the, the most quick and easy way to kind of support these um, people who may not have access to healthcare they need and uh, try to do whatever small thing we can. Um, additionally, what I what I like to try to do when I have when I have my my guests on is. Uh, I'm going to uh, pop up what I call my community board. It's a very poorly drawn 8-bit little board, so I'm going to use <laughs> use some video editing. I go like this, go pop, and I'll probably go, and I'll be up. And then, um, so the way I can continue to support you even after our show is I am going to, um, I'll have to talk to you about which, but I, I think you, do you still use Ko-Fi, coffee, coffee? I, don't, I don't know how to say it, K-O-F-I, is that? I do, I do. I use, I have so many <laughs> different platforms, but yes, I do still have so I, um, I, I, the, I, a coffee account. There's a coffee well. and there's Fan House. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure what Fan House is. I'm not uh, super familiar with it. Uh, whatever, on, I'll talk to you about it afterwards. I'm going to basically, we're, I'm, sure. the show will subscribe to one of those accounts, so that way sure. we'll have a... Um, continued support of you at, uh, be at a coffee a month or you know awesome. what have you just a small uh, way that I try to use the show um, to continue to support the creators I bring on uh, because you know I talk about this all the time you know, I had a uh, Joe Johnson out here and you know the best way to support creators you know send get them you know, sub- subscribe to their twitch streams um, support their patreons stuff like coffee anyway any you know even a dollar a month you know when I try I can uh, even just you know, Joe's also on my honor panel as well. Very, yes, I, <laughs> so. I, Joe's yeah, Joe is Joe is fantastic. I think he'll be great for that. Uh, yeah, he's amazing. So, uh, but yeah, so that'll be a uh, this a smaller way I can c- continue to support you. Thank you. Um, after after we're done here, um, I'll, I'm gonna turn you know you sent me that headshot. I'm gonna turn that into like an enamel pin for the community board. It'll be it'll be <laughs> pretty interesting. I've had some pretty good luck with actual. Uh, real faces so uh that's we'll, amazing we'll see how that goes. so um uh yeah so. my big old head on a pin <laughs> i think that your hair was it was like super long I and mean, obviously it's a little shorter now but it was just like oh yeah yeah, yeah you, know, you just got you, you just cut it recently i think right yeah recently uh, i'm actually due for a cut but it's now. great because on uh during magic 30 uh, i'm gonna be cosplaying ashnod so oh that's right it's okay. like i have the perfect haircut for it and it like the art came out after the haircut so i was like this is amazing <laughs> so Very seri- i was like now i have to serendipitous yeah well I, my I, i'll be yeah. at magic 30 so um i'll have my camera i usually like i've been trying to take portraits awesome. of portrait photographers maybe we hope we can get a game in i'm gonna have some yeah some let's. as some secret swag I have ready to go for Magic 30. <laughs> cool. For all, cool. like, let's see, I've had 10 people on. So all 10 people who know me, I'll have some stuff to give away. Uh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. It's cool, though. I'm actually really happy with what I have. So hopefully hopefully some people want some stuff. So, um, so yeah, uh, Ron, again, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I hope you had a good time. I had a great time just, you know, talking magic and talking about what you're kind of doing for the community. I think you're doing uh, very good work. And I hope you continue to be the dynamic voice that will say what, people may be thinking but are not willing to say thank you i hope so (laughs) i know i know that that kind of energy can rub people the wrong way a little bit so i um i've been really really grateful and fortunate that everybody's been very supportive and i haven't had uh too many people wag their finger at me um yet uh that's this is not an invitation uh please be nice um keep those wagging fingers holstered people yeah we don't we need none of that around here so 
<laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I've been very fortunate and I have a really, really great uh, friend group in this community um, that has been super supportive. So Perfect. I am looking forward to the future and keep moving forward. Awesome. Well, I uh, just want to say thanks again. Oh, this, I, I, I've just, episode 10. Now, just, if you like the show, <laughs> feel free to subscribe, you know, hit that subscribe button. The goal for me, end of the year, 35 subscribers. That'd be awesome. I believe I can do it. You can do I'm, it. I'm feeling <laughs> it, you know? So, uh, if not for me, do it for Ron. Cause she's on, she's great. You know, you can watch her episode, just put it on repeat. It's fun times. So, uh, yeah, like, subscribe, all that, leave a comment, tell me how I'm some crazy leftist. I don't care. Like, whatever, man. It's fun. It's <laughs> so random. Uh, yeah. So, uh, again, uh, you know, if you can find, like I said, I'll have all your socials put up, find Ron, check out her stream. Uh, and then, uh, you know, if it's your magic 30, they're curious, so come say hi. All right. Yeah. So thank you. And, uh, awesome. we'll catch you, uh, catch you around next time. Thank you.